Let's open our Bibles, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. I love that, those words of that, uh, the old song. But Jesus is the one, he's the only way to the Father. He's, he, we saw last time that he, it says that he came by water and he came by blood. He, he was born as a human being. He was baptized and... He went to the cross and shed his blood. And there's no other way for you and I. And there is no other way for you and I to be reconciled with God the Father but through the blood of his son Jesus. And so these things are kind of all in agreement. They all kind of testify. And one thing I I said I would mention uh, about uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, which some of your translations, mainly only uh, two translations include these words that say, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That's a great verse for the Trinity. However, the problem is that those words are not found in any Greek manuscript before the 15th century which is a a pretty good indicator that they are not part of the original. Now, you say, well, you know, we we don't understand some of these things. There are people, there are, you know, scholars who seriously study these things, and they want to be sure that what we have is exactly what was written. Now, uh, you know, in a statement of faith that, that we have and that many use is that that we believe the Word of God to be infallible, to be, you know, totally true in in all that it says, as originally written. Now, the problem is we don't have the very first original manuscripts. We have copies of manuscripts. So so there are people who study these things and and try to put together for us, and and I think they do a fantastic job. And I think that we can trust the Bible uh, completely. Now, there are some passages, like, like this particular one, that are in question. Uh, but we'll find out. We'll find out. But the, this, the cool thing about this whole thing is that there, the Trinity, the, the, the doctrine of the Trinity is woven throughout the Old and New Testaments. And we can find it in all kinds of other passages. So it's not something we need to worry, oh, that, that, if that's in question, then the Trinity is in question. The Trinity is not in question. And there are some of these other passages that, that are maybe, there, there's some questions about, but they do not affect the doctrinal, uh, you know, the, the main doctrine uh, passages and truths of our Bibles. Okay? Does that make sense? Can you follow me on that? So, we talked about the Spirit and the water and the blood. They all agree uh, in, in uh, the last passage. But, you know, it, it kind of goes on from there. We, we 
had Carol share some testimony, and this kind of message is about testimony in, in a sense of this testifying. But, but it's not just the spirit, the water, and the blood, but it's so much more than that. Some of these things that, that uh, come up, the Word of God testifies. Jesus himself testifies. The Father himself, the works that Jesus did testify. John the Baptist John the Apostle, Peter, they all testify, they all agree about who Jesus is and what he came to do and what he is to you and to me. That's a very important thing that, you know, it's, it, it, it's coming at us from so many different uh, angles and from so many different people and so many different ways. The heavens itself, uh, the heavens declare the glory of God. You look up in the sky sometimes and you just, I'm just blown away. But the heavens declare the glory of God. But this testifying, it's a witness. It's a giving firsthand knowledge and testimony, which is like what we heard today. Now, we, we use it, we use this thought, this idea in our court system, don't we? People give testimony, right? They give, they give their account of what happened. And we use it with people all the times, you know. And, and thinking about it in terms of people, though, how many of you have ever, you know, believed what someone said to you and found out later that what they said was not true? Any of you, that ever happened to you? It's, it's kind of a, a you know, a common why is that? Because we're people and we are sinful creatures and sometimes we like to change the truth to fit, you know, what we think should be the truth. There's all different kinds of ways and, and situations and, and, and that, but, but yet we still believe people even when we say even when we say, I'm never going to believe people again. Some of us have been hurt. We've been, had things happen. And so we've become very untrusting. We've become, you know, I, I'm not going to believe anybody. About anything. Yeah, we still do. Even if we say that, we still do. But the problem with that, I think, is that we get that hard, untrusting attitude and and. and and I think it was found in 1 John 2, you know, uh, as well, that we're not going to believe any people. What makes us also hard for us to believe God with what he says. He says that, I think he said something like, you know, you don't love the people with you. How can you love God who you can't see? You can't even love the people who you can see. I'm uh, paraphrasing, of course. Someone said this, we accept the testimony of people who may be mistaken or and or who may be deceivers. The testimony of people. We hold on to it in our courtrooms. You think any of those witnesses in the courtrooms ever lie? No, they put their hand on a Bible. Oh, yeah, they don't even do that anymore. Uh, but they used to. They put your hand on the Bible, you know, so that means you're automatically going to tell everything truthfully. 
No. Let's pick it up where we left off in verse 9. You'll see where I'm going with this. It says, we accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. The testimony of God. We accept men's testimony. We accept when we believe what people say all day long, every day. Even when we say we don't. But John is saying here, there's something greater than what people say. It's what God says. That's what, that's what we can uh, hold on to. Why? Because he's God. And God has said something. God has spoken. God is speaking. God will continue to speak. But it is God saying something. It's the, te- the testimony of God. And so... The question is, you know, we we believe what people say, but we're not going to believe what God says? That's the question. We're not going to believe what God says? You know, when when, uh, Jesus was baptized, it says a voice, well, the Spirit of God, you know, descended like a dove uh, upon Jesus, and it said a voice from heaven said, this is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. It's like, it's kind of, I don't know, when I read those words, and and even what we're looking at here today, uh, you know, he's given this testimony about his son. It's kind of like this this proud papa kind of thing to me. You know, he's, he's talking about his son. This is my son whom I love. And I am so pleased with him. This is the testimony God has given. He can't stop talking about his son. He can't stop talking about his son and what his son has done. And when you look at the word of God from cover to cover, Old and New Testament, God talks about his son. He he brings it back again and again and again to his son. And and so if God is going to talk about his son, I think we should listen. Well, what is he saying about his son? What does he want us to know about his son? What does he want to say? And and, and if God is saying something, we should listen. What was that old commercial about um, uh, when E.F. Hutton speaks, I think it was, or something like that? Everyone Everyone would listen. Well, where's E.F. Hutton anymore? Who knows? Most people don't even know that name. But when God speaks, I think we should stop and listen. And God has been speaking of, you know, from the beginning of time. And we have a record of it here in front of us. God has been speaking, and he's been speaking about his son. Look at verse 10. It says, anyone... Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony, this this witness, this evidence, this testimony of what God has said. He's got it now in his heart. So God has spoken about his Son, and and you and I, we, we make this choice to believe, to trust in him. Okay, you've... 
You've spoken about your son, that he is the savior of the world, that he came uh, for us. And so I believed that and I have accepted that. And, and, and we talk about, you know, having Jesus in our hearts. But he said he's talking here about having this testimony within our hearts. There's a witness within our hearts. And, and uh, I spoke a few weeks back about being born again, is that when we are born again, it's like our eyes are open. We can't see the kingdom of God. We can't, we can't you know, enter the kingdom of God until we're actually born again and, and, and we have this new life uh, living within us. But there's something that happens, and I, and I think... I think you know it when you know it. If, if, you, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you have, I think you know. There's something inside of me that, that, that witnesses to Jesus. That what Jesus has said and who Jesus is, is, is the truth. It's like what Paul said in Galatians. He says, because you are, son, because you are sons and daughters... God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Father sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. We have this testimony, the, the Son of God within our hearts. And, and we kind of like, we, we join together with the Father as, as Jesus said, Abba, Father. And, 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 and our, our hearts cry out to the Father in heaven. That's pretty radical. You and I, we have this testimony in our hearts. He goes on to say there that anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. The testimony that God has given about his son, we we have not believed it. And so in doing so, that's very serious. We call God a liar. God says, listen, this is my son who, you know, who I love. With him I'm well pleased. And another place it says that he says, listen to him. And yet we choose to not listen to him. We choose to disregard. He says that his son is the way. He sends his son to, to die for us. And we choose to disregard and not believe. We choose to reject it and look the other way. Now, can we blame him for that? One commentator says this, such rejection cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. The evidence is too clear and weighty. Rather, it is deliberate unbelief which in the end disputes the truth and the validity and the honesty of the very being and character of God. Someone else said this, we either believe God's word about his son Jesus or we call God a liar. There's no middle ground. It's true. For us to, to say, well, you know, uh, that Jesus thing, you know, it may be good for you, but it's not really, you know, it's just not, no. When we do that, that's, this is what John is telling us, we're calling God a liar. Because God said, no, he is the way. God says, he is my son, and he did come to die for you, and I sent him to you 
for you because I love you. And when you say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do my own thing, go my own you're saying that I'm a liar. You're saying that God is a liar. Calling God a liar? That's pretty serious, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Calling God a liar? Now, where does all that come from? What, what, what's the basis of all that? I think it's the basis where it all comes from is from the father of lies. From the true liar, not God who is not lying to us. God is telling us the truth and wants us to know the truth. But the enemy says no. He would, he, he's lying so that we will not know the truth. Clouding our minds, clouding the truth. Previously, uh, John says in chapter 1, he says, If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. One of the common things today, well, you know, sin, there's no such thing as sin. Sin, you know, it's, it's you know, whatever is right for you is right. It's all relative and, and all that. And, and sin, that's, that's a word we, just, we don't use. Let's just blot that out. But the Bible says we're all sinners. We are all sinners. I think we all know that. We don't want to admit it. We'd rather say that there's, you know, that's just, that's, a, that's not true. But the father of lies. The truth of the matter is that, uh, and, and it says about the father of lies that, that he speaks lies. He's been speaking lies, you know, from the beginning. It's like his native language. That's, his, that's the language he speaks is lie. But the Bible tells us and declares very clearly that God does not lie. God cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. Titus chapter 1 says that, that God who does not lie, he promised eternal life before the beginning of time. There's a, a man called Balaam. In the book of Numbers, he said this, God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie, meaning, you know, that's what we do. But God is not a man like us, and so that's not what he does. Hebrews chapter 6 says, it is impossible for God to lie. But I think what really sums it up, uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 3, he says, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. So God is the only one that we can ever truly, totally trust. Not people, not, not men. Verses 11 and 12, well, what, what has God said? And John says, well, this is what he says. This is the testimony God of, of, of God and what God has said. Verses 11 and 12, he said, and this is the testimony. This is what he says. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. This is what God has said. This is his testimony. That he has given us eternal life. God so loved the world, he gave to everyone who believes, he gives eternal life. God 
has given us eternal life, this gift, eternal life. We could talk about that for uh, weeks, but it's this everlasting, this fullness of life that God wants to give to you and to me. How do we get it? How, how do you know you have eternal life? He tells us right here. It's as clear as day. Eternal life. John 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. It's in trusting him. This life, he says here, is in his Son. It's in his Son, Jesus. When we reject the Son, that's why it's such a travesty. That's why it's so bad. We're like slapping God in the face, calling him a liar. He who has the Son has life. If you want, do you want to know if you have eternal life? We're going to talk next week about having assurance of our salvation, of who we are, of what we have in Jesus. But do you, do you want to know how? He says it so clearly. And, and I remember when I first became a believer that these were verses that we were told to, to memorize. Why? Because they're so powerful. And they are so true. He who has the Son has life. I have Jesus. I can say it clearly. I have Jesus in my life. He's in my heart. He's in my life. And I receive that gift that He gave to me. The Father gave to me. Eternal life. He who has the Son has life. It's interesting. Someone wrote this. Eternal life is not found in education. It's not found in philosophy. It's not found in science. It's not found in good works. It's not found in religion. It's not found in the church. How many people are trusting in the church? Whatever church. I'm going to heaven because of the church. But eternal life is found in a person. It's found in the person of Jesus. That's it. He who has the Son has life. But he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's that simple. We complicate things. We make things so complicated. God said, listen, this is it. Let me, let me spell it out for you. Let me explain something to you. That's what I was saying to my granddaughter. We're joking with each other. Let me explain it to you. And now she's saying that back to me, and I'm going like, oh, what did I get started here? You know, God has made it as clear as day. He who has his son has life. If you've accepted and believed in the Son of God and Jesus, you have life. You have eternal life. But if you don't have him, you don't have anything. You don't have anything. You have death. In the Gospel of John, really, we, we, we look back and we can see there were really two responses. And uh, in John chapter 5, he says, You do not believe the one he sent. And then he says in verse 40 of John chapter 5, he says, yet, he said, these are the scriptures that testify about me. They thought, 
they thought just studying the Bible and, and you know, he's talking to the religious ones there. He says, you just studied the Bible. He says, you, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. Just studying the Bible and knowing the verses and all that. He says, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. You can know a lot of stuff, but you, you need to come to Jesus. He said. That was their response. They refused. But yet in John chapter 6, the next chapter, Simon Peter answered him. You know, Jesus, a lot of people, Jesus said some radical things, some, some hard things. And it says that a lot of the people in the crowd that were following him in John 6, 6, 6, as a matter of fact, it says they, they stopped following him. They left him. They went. So Jesus said to his disciples, he said, well, what about you? Are you going to leave too? And this is what Simon Peter says. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. We have responses, you know, we're, we're, and we're responsible for our responses. But Peter sums it up so well, doesn't he? Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else are we going to go? You're going to go to Buddha? You know, you're going to go to Muhammad? You're going to go to the people of this world? There's no answers there. The only one that has the words, that has the hope of eternal life, that has the peace and joy and love that we need so desperately is Jesus. Only Jesus. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about, the, you know, the book of 1 John and Carol was talking about it and I think one of the gigantic themes of the, the book of 1 John is love. But I think what is even bigger than that is Jesus. Jesus. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your testimony, your witness, your sharing with us all that you have done by sending your son Jesus. All that you have done by uh, sending him to live as a human being and then to die a very painful, difficult death for us. That we might have life as he conquered the grave, as he defeated death, as we trust in him, as we believe in him, as we receive him, as we allow him to be the Lord and Savior of our lives, everything changes. Everything changes. Oh, we still have a ways to go. and We, we still have a lot to learn, and we, we heard about that today. We, 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 need, we, we need to grow, and Peter said to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to grow in that. 
but you have done a miraculous, incredible work by saving our souls as we have trusted in you. Lord, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful this morning for, for Lynn, too, and, and I know she trusted in you. She had a hard life, and she had a lot of hard, difficult things in her life. But I'm reminded that she trusted in you, and she made that decision to be baptized there at Narragansett. I remember that, and I remember her son there. Just the sweetness that was in her countenance because of your love in her life and her heart, Lord. Watch over her family, especially her mom. Lord, we pray for her today. Father, we don't know when our time will come. Yet you know our times are in your hand. But it's so urgent that you and I, that, that we're ready, that, that we know that we have the testimony of God in our hearts, that Jesus is our Savior, that Jesus is alive, and he is alive in me. And that makes you our Father. Lord, I pray for any here today, maybe, or anybody listening, or may listen at some point. If you do not have Jesus in your heart and life, today you can call out to him. He's, his testimony is the same, that whoever would receive and believe, he'll make you into one of his child, one of his children. Just call, up, call upon the name of the Lord today and, and he will save you. He will rescue you and make you one of his own. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. I do pray that it would continue to work in our lives, changing us, molding us, equipping us, Thank you for the testimony we heard today, Lord. I pray you'd help Carol uh, continue to grow in her walk and life with you, Lord. Let me pray for Valentino to touch his life, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Bring Cynthia to visit as well, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?